Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So given all that has gone on in the last couple of months with our elections, the accusations of fraud, the storming of the Capitol, the inauguration of a new president, and then the impeachment hearings of our former president, what I felt like we needed to do, something we can't ignore, or more importantly, what what God's calling all of us to do in response to this craziness, is to take a couple of weeks and try to figure out how God is calling us to respond as Christians to this mess that we find ourselves in as Americans. And the way I would like to propose that we begin making sense of this place that we find ourselves is not by doing what we have been doing, not by doing more of the same. What we have been doing is drawing up sides and going to battle with one another, right? Going back and forth and back and forth because clearly it's not working. So instead, what I would propose that we do is we take very seriously what it is that Jesus has to teach us about loving our enemies. So the way I see it, and please feel free to disagree, this is just the way I see it. The biggest problem we face as a country, or the very thing that offers the biggest threat to the continued prosperity and success of the American dream is not actually going to be found in what the Democrats have to say about the Republicans or in what the Republicans have to say about the Democrats, with both parties basically claiming the exact same thing when you think about it. And that if the other side gets control, then the country is going to hell in a handbasket. No, instead, where I believe the problem lies, which is much more foundational and something I've talked about before, is that we the people have forgotten how to love and respect people who see the world differently than we do. We, the people, have gotten really good at not loving our enemies, but hating our enemies. Or ignoring the fact that a big part of what it means to be called a Christian is that our foundation is love, especially when it comes to loving our enemies. That's what's supposed to set us apart. And so, of course, what has happened to our country is we've forgotten how to love one another, as we've been less and less willing to do the hard work it takes to love is that we have splintered into two different ideological tribes. Conservatives, liberals, Republicans, Democrats, who are no longer able to see each other as brothers and sisters within one big American family, or brothers and sisters in Christ for that matter. But instead, see those whom we disagree with as enemies, or those people that we must conquer and destroy before they conquer and destroy us. And so back and forth we go doing nothing but fighting and taking sides and pointing fingers, which when you think about it, it has absolutely nothing to do with love. Absolutely nothing to do with love and everything to do with tearing our country apart from the inside out. Or to really help you see how this lack of love is eating away at the foundation of our country, let me take you a bit deeper by showing you the logic that both sides love to use when talking about and making sense of the other side, right? And I'm going to say we, and what I mean by we is I'm not, it's not just you got it right and everybody else got, this is the logic we all tend to use 
when talking about the other. So we believe that if everyone would take a moment and logically look at the world as it actually is, as we have, then there is no doubt that those people who disagree with us would see that they're wrong and would change their mind. Come on now. We believe that if everyone would take a moment and logically look at the world as it actually is, as we have, then there is no doubt that those people whom we disagree with would see that they're wrong and would change their mind and start agreeing with us. And this is not only how we think in politics, this is how marriages work. Am I right on that deal? If she would just listen to me, things would be so much better. And then, then, because we are sure that we are right according to any kind of good and logical way of thinking about the world, then it must be the case that those who still disagree with us don't just disagree with us because they have good reasons. No, the reason they disagree with us is because they're either one, stupid morons who can't see their hands in front of their face, or are people who know what's right, but because they're evil, are devoted to bringing down our country. And so because those people are either stupid or evil or demonic morons, we shouldn't even listen to them or try to work with them, but instead to fight against them with everything that we are by any means necessary because ultimately that's the only way we're going to save this country. So does that sound familiar to any of you? Any of you smell what I'm stepping in on this deal? Well, if you don't quite smell what I'm stepping in, what I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to go home and listen to your favorite news station, left or right. We all know that there are biased networks out there. To so listen really closely to see if this is not the logic that undergirds a lot of what both, both sides have to say about each other. Because in, in my exploration, and this is something that I've been delving into since I've been writing all this stuff, this is what I find over and over and over again. Which, mind you, has nothing to do with love and everything to do with the kind of hatred, with the kind of revenge, or it has nothing to do with patience, kindness, selflessness, truth. And everything to do with envy and arrogance and selfishness and resentment and revenge. And the reason why I believe this is so dangerous or the biggest problem we face as a country besides what the Republicans have to say about the Democrats and the Democrats have to say about Republicans. And there are big disagreements there that we need. I'm not throwing that out. There are some things we got to work on. There's no doubt about that. But the reason why I think this is more foundational than that is because this logic necessarily leads to a division that can't be overcome. If you truly look at your enemy, if you truly look at someone who sees the world differently than you do, and you see them as a moron, or you see them as evil, you are never going to listen to them. You are never going to talk to them. Which ultimately means if we continue down this path, if we continue to use this logic with one another, then we really are going to become a house divided. And what happens to a house divided? What does Jesus have to say on this very topic? A house divided against itself not be able to stand. Or the way I see it is that this lack of love and respect that has taken our country over could be the very thing that brings us down. And again, feel free to disagree. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm wrestling with. Um, this is where I am. Okay. 
So now hopefully that you're beginning to see that the, the biggest problem we face as Americans is this lack of love. Uh, what I would not, now like to share with you is an experience that changed me, an experience that helped me to love my political enemies a little better. Now, like the rest of you, I do fall into those places where I'm like, you're nothing but a moron, or you are, you know, I, we're all guilty of that. But, but let me tell you about an experience that really helped to transform me. So those of you, I think most of you guys know about three, four years ago, Roger Marshall invited me up to Washington, D.C. Um, to say the prayer uh, opening up for the House of Representatives, one of the biggest honors of my life. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. Uh, but the coolest part of that trip was, I mean, the prayer was awesome, but I got to spend three days with Roger. Uh, I didn't go sightseeing and do all that kind of stuff you do in D.C. I followed Roger around for three days, and he got me into everything that wasn't like a top-secret clearance. So I got to sit in the room with generals. I got to sit in the room with some of the big wigs, and I, I was just a fly on the wall. It was fantastic. It was amazing. But one night, um, we were on our way up to the Capitol, and he lived about 20 minutes from the Capitol, so we'd walk. One night, we're on the way up to Capitol. He's about to give a tour. Um, and so I took that as an opportunity. You know what? I've got someone here in front of me. I can ask all these questions I've always wanted to know about what really goes on in the government, right? We, we get what's going on. We, we, you know, we have textbooks and all that stuff, but I wanted to know what's behind the scenes, and so I'm just berating Roger with everything that I think of. And, of course, he's this, you know, humble guy. And he loves what he does, so he loves to answer these questions. So we're going back and forth and talking and doing all that kind of stuff. But then I got really brave, and I asked him this question. Hey, Roger, what do you really think about those people who disagree with you? And Roger being a staunch Republican, you know, I'm talking about the Democrats here. What do, you, what do you really think about those people? And Roger responded to me. He said, you know what, if you'll take a step back and look at the big picture view of our country, what you'll find is that Republicans and Democrats and even Libertarians and Independents actually, for the most part, agree on where it is that we want to go. We all agree that we want people to be safe. We all agree that, that we want people to have access to medical care. We all agree that there's some people in this country that need to be helped. We all agree on these big things. But where we differ, where we disagree, is on how we're supposed to get there. How we're supposed to get there. So that's where all the fighting, all the back and forth seems to go. Now, when he first told me that, I was like, well, wait a minute, that seems a little too easy for me. I've been told a whole bunch of stuff, but I've never heard that before. But the more and more I began to think about it, and the more and more I began to talk to others who see the world differently than me, you know what? For the most part, they do. They want the same kind of world. They want the same kind of United States as I do. We just have a different way of going about it. So for the last four or five years, this, this kind of idea has been rolling around in my head, and I've been wrestling with it and going back and forth with it and trying to make sense of all that's going on. And we got the election and all that stuff, trying to keep all this stuff in my mind, because it's hard to do when you're watching TV um, and everybody's getting bashed one way or another. And then as I'm kind of wrestling with this and trying to make sense of it, it then dawned on me that, you know what? This is kind of like a marriage. 
This is kind of like a marriage. And I know that kind of sounds weird, but I want you to hear me out on this. So the reason and I, the reason Ashley and I got married, besides the fact that I outkicked my coverage by about 100 yards, right? Let's just be honest about that. Is because she and I agree on what we wanted our lives to be. We had this big picture view of the world, and we were going to chase that big picture, and she was on board with me, and I was on board with her. But what I discovered about two weeks into being married is that there was also a whole lot of things we disagreed on on how to get there. Anybody else know what I'm talking about, being married? Oh, you guys have perfect marriages out there? Come on now. Or maybe some of you have been trained, so you just don't even say anything. I get that too. I get that too. But nevertheless, because I loved my wife and she loves me, even though we had these disagreements, or because we tried to set love as our foundation, what we did and continued to do even when things got hard, and Ashley and I have been to some dark places, is that we find ways to work things out. Which, of course, takes a whole lot of compromise, doing a whole lot of what we don't want to do, and even looking at ourselves and making changes in ourselves. But, but because we have done that, or at least tried to make love our foundation instead of just being at war with one another, what we've discovered is that this has actually made our lives together way better than they could ever have been apart. And I think that's the experience that most married people have. So after wrestling with what Roger said and then how this kind of fits into this uh, marriage metaphor, and it, it makes more sense. It, it then dawned on me that maybe, just maybe, instead of thinking of our political enemies as people that we're going to war with and that we have to conquer at all cost, maybe we should begin to think about them as family members. Or, or in terms of uh, marriage. Because let's be honest, we're not getting out of this thing. We're stuck. There's no divorce. Well, there could be a divorce. That's what we're kind of trying to avoid. But with that being said, when it comes to loving our enemies, God is not asking us as Americans who have some serious and important disagreements to sit around the campfire all day singing kumbaya while partaking in group hugs like everything is fine. No, what God is calling us to do is to stop seeing those people whom we disagree with as evil morons begin to see them as family. Taking into account that just like with our spouses, we do agree on where we're going, just not how to get there. So to make things work, we choose love. We choose love. Because like it does in good marriages, love is the only thing that creates the space that is needed for us to begin to work out our problems. Or love is the thing that keeps us together long enough to get some things figured the ultimate goal being is a country that's living into its ideals for every single one of its citizens. Which is it's kind of the way democracy has worked since the beginning, right? When you think about it. I mean, the, the division now is as bad as it's been since the Civil War these days. Uh, but, but there's always been division. There's always been this back and forth. But there's been some respect. There's been some love there. So what do you guys think? For me, 
I, I lay that out before you and I say, this is what I think, this is where I'm at at this moment. Um, in the hope that, that you will think through this yourself and ask God to show you the way forward. But the one thing I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that if we keep doing what we're doing, it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. And that's not just what's happening in Washington. That's what's happening right here in Great Bend, Kansas. Let us pray. Oh, Father, we come before you, and the truth is, you know, since the election, we have, many of us have been living on pins and, and needles and just fear and anxiety and what's going to happen, and oh, it's just been horrible. It's like we can't even relax. And so as we come to you today, oh Lord, first of all, help us to, to know that if we're putting our trust in government, then that's, we've, we've missed the mark already. Our trust should be in you. But then, O oh Lord, to see that what makes us different is that we're called to love our enemies, especially our political enemies. So as we move forward, O oh Lord, help us not to see this as a war, but instead as a relationship, a relationship that is founded on love so that somehow when we come together, as we've been doing throughout the history of this country, we make things even better than they are right now. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.